There's help out there available if you really want it. You know, there's, there's no excuse to keep punishing yourself with alcohol and drugs. You know, people ask me, well, why don't you do cocaine? Because I like that shit. <laughs> and at first it was okay. You know, because I could do a little bit of it, put it down, go ahead and do what I was supposed to do. But that doesn't last very long. Pretty soon it becomes not a choice to pick it up. It's now a necessity. When anything becomes a necessity, it handcuffs you to them. And all of a sudden, that little fun thing you were doing is now king of your world, and you're a slave to it. It's no fun being a slave. You know, I, I, I wish I could have quit a million times. You know, I, I swore to God I was going to quit a million times. But it didn't finally happen until I was flat-ass, broke, busted, beaten, waiting to die, trying to die. When, when all my other friends would die, I would get pissed off at God because He gets to go and I don't. And that's wrong. That's wrong. So, the journey's not real vital, but you can't do it.
Okay. My favorite match would have to be the speedboat. Because him and I, when we were out there, it was like magic. I mean, we didn't have to talk to each other. These guys, they had to go out and practice their match. I've never practiced a match in my life. I'm going to tell you, hey, watch out for the clothesline. I won't take your clock. <laughs> but other than that, that was it. You know, we knew what the ending was. The ending is the DDT. How we got there was between us. And it was just so magical the way that we worked together. It was so much fun. I mean, I would have, I would have wrestled Steamboat for nothing. That's how much fun it was. I'm glad I got paid. <laughs> I know that screwed me, but I still got paid. As far as my least favorite, that's the easiest one. Vader. That big ton of shit. <laughs> I wrestled him twice. Seven months apart. And the reason it was seven months apart because I was recovering from the first match. The first match I got away with him, he broke my sternum. You know how hard it is to break somebody's sternum? It wasn't that hard for that fat bastard. <laughs> he crushed me into a corner and he cracked my chest open. And that is so hard to recover from. It is so painful to recover from because you can't breathe. If you take a deep breath, it hurts so bad, you, know, you won't do it. So you should constantly. <laughs> That's about it. Because if you go, oh, hell no. But I, I wrestled him, he broke him. Came back and wrestled him seven months later, and the son of a bitch did it again. And his excuse was. It's so different because the people are so into it. Yeah. And, and they're all screaming, man, and they're just like, it really pumps me up and it makes me want to go crazy. Just obliterated. When 
they went in and did the surgery on my neck, they said they opened it up and there were spots on my spinal cord. And they had never seen that. And then they touched the spots and the spots would just fall off. And it was my, it was my disc, it, my disc would explode. So, no excuse for that. It's so dangerous when you're in the ring and you're doing all these moves and all it takes is just a little bit off and you cripple someone. I don't want that on my conscience. There was only one person I ever got in the ring with that I tried to hurt. And I, I don't feel bad about it because the son of a bitch had to go. And that was, uh, oh my God, brain fart. Sid Vicious. I had neck surgery and came back and I was wrestling Sid. And Sid was getting a big push. And he clotheslines me and nearly rips my head off. Number one, there's no excuse to rip my head off. If you'll just put your arm out there, I'll make it look like you rip my head off, but you won't. But if you come with everything you got and you connect, I'm going to get hurt. So he did it to me, and I told him about it. And he looked at me and he goes, Maybe it's time you get out of the ring, man. You can't take it. Really. So the next time he went to uh, clothesline me, I just did a little move, something like that. And it ripped his bicep in half. And he went down. Because he, he came with it like this, and I bit, I bit his back beyond. But that's when his bicep snapped. So he's in the hall. I went down, I grabbed the same arm, and I shoved it like this. And I said, maybe it's time you get out of the business. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jay, for all the years. Yeah. Great psychology, greatest of all time, greatest DDT of all time. I just want to ask you, in light of what you were saying about working with somebody with a lot of energy, give us your opinion about working with the ultimate warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never wrestled that bastard. Uh, I wish I had it. But he got fired before I could wrestle him. Uh, there was a point in time in my career where we had taken several weeks off. I did a bunch of vignettes where he was walking through a, a graveyard doing all this crazy shit. What the secret to the Undertaker and all that. I put him in a room with a, about 150 snakes. Let me tell you how stupid that bastard is. Was. We tell him there's 150 states in this room. Here's the key. When you go into the room, slide your feet across the floor. 
do not walk in and step on them. Because when you do, they're going to bite you. What do you think he did? <laughs> His boots were tore up. He must have got bit 50, 60 times. But then, unfortunately, they didn't go through and get his skin. Damn it.
So as I was fretting and pissing and moaning and bitching and griping, Jim finally heard enough of it. He got really pissed off and he screamed at me, Who the hell are you? He said, Jim Roberts, I know, would take that dead son of a bitch and he would take it to the ring and go ahead and wrestle and he would <laughs> grab a hold of it and make like he was trying to fight it.
it is so important for you fathers to tell your kids that you're proud of them. It means so much. It means much more than a freaking toy or a pony or whatever. All that kid wants is your time. That's all that kid wants. Promotion. And since I didn't get those things, I drank to forget about those things. You know, and uh, being unsure of myself whenever I got into wrestling because my father did not want me to wrestle. He told me that I was gutless, he was ashamed of me, and I never amounted to anything. But that was his pat on the back. Yeah, my upbringing is what started me drinking that night. I came from an alcoholic family. My grandfather was an alcoholic. It's in people's genes, trust you. And it is in people's genes. But uh, the more you do, the more you need. And the sad thing is, no matter how bad your problem is, A case of beer and eight balls not going to make it go away. You'll just forget about it while you're fucking passed out. Don't pick up. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. And I tied it in the ropes. 
I took my back to me because I grabbed the spade. and slapped the dog shit out of it. And when I slapped that snake at some bitch's mouth, he was furious. And he grabbed Macho. The only problem was it wouldn't let go. He chewed on it and chewed on it and chewed on it. I grabbed him by the tail and pulled him. Pulled Macho was like, eh, eh. <laughs> Which, at that point, I walked up to him and said, you're doing a great job, <laughs> The people believe you're really hurt. <laughs> Get that motherfucker off of me. <laughs> and I have one favorite time. Yeah. <laughs> we have 10 minutes. Okay, a couple more questions. My throat's going. Pick it up. Oh, here's one. Why do you start working with EEW? What do you think the biggest difference is between that and WWE? Vince has built such a huge machine. You know, marketing, everything. That it's going to be damn near impossible for AEW to surpass them. But AEW has made a difference in the wrestling. Uh, they, they forced Vince to raise their level of performing. And anytime there's competition, that's great for the wrestlers. Because that means that you can barter uh, your way for more money. Anybody else? Yes, sir. I saw you wrestle in like 89, 90, 91 in my hometown, Vegas, California. And the presence that you commanded when you come into the arena was like unparalleled. <sighs> so it was heartbreaking to see uh, Beyond the Mat in like 1990. That was total bullshit. That's my question was. Was that like. I got set up for that. Yeah, that was a real nasty piece of work somebody did. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you've been wonderful. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you. As wrestling fans, you're the best fans in the world. Uh, you helped me get sober. All your love, your unconditional love. Because it's hard to look at it, but you guys did it. Thank you.